uh, thank you everyone, wherever you are. Um, it's great, uh, this is one of my favorite places in Houston, um, and now that it's renovated, it's a great space, and uh, now that it's open, you can come once in a while uh, with tickets, um, and um, even during this time. Uh, what we'll bring today, as Ashley was saying, is the practice from the Bon Buddhist tradition, and particularly uh, from the Ligmincha Institute, where we have uh, the Ligmincha Texas here in Houston, where Geshe Denma is the resident lama. So the Bon uh, tradition in Tibet is a tradition that is considered the most ancient tradition, religious and, and spiritual tradition of Tibet, and that it was there uh, uh, traditionally, they talk about 18,000 years ago, the main teacher being Buddha Tompa Shenra. Um, and, um, and when the, what we call the Buddhist tradition from India came into Tibet in the 7th, 8th century, they met. And in that meeting, there's been many different ways of um, connecting. And, uh, and now sometimes we call that the, the tradition the Bern Buddhist tradition. So within that Bon Buddhist tradition that continued through masters uh, to teachers and so forth, there's been um, going in, into exile from Tibet um, in the 50s. Um, uh, the monasteries of Mendri Monastery in India where Geshe-la was trained, but also where Tenzin Wanja Rinpoche, uh, the, the teacher that started Ligmincha International um, and came to the West and actually was at Rice as a Rockefeller Fellow in the early 90s, and he started this Ligmincha International, which now has 35 centers all over the world. And so within that tradition, uh, there's many different practices that we do, both within Ligmincha and in other places, like um, at the Jung Center's Mind, Body, Spirit Institute, and other places in, in a more lay uh, way. And so what we wanted to share with you today is within that tradition, there's different kinds of meditation. There's meditations that are more focused on body practices, such as Tibetan yoga, what we call Tsalung Trungkor. There's practices that are done with speech, uh, with uh, uh, sounds, as we'll do today, with mantras. There's practices that are done solely or focused more on the mind activity, both in visualizations and um, different kinds of working with the mind, both conceptually and non-conceptually. And so within all those practices, many times we talk about 84,000 different practices, so it can help us clear away our 84,000 different kinds of obstacles. And when we talk about obstacles, we talk about obstacles that can be through the body, through the speech or the energy, and through the mind. Sometimes this category of speech um, is also sometimes called energy, and energy as the kind of interaction between mind and body. And so mind, energy, and body, and that field of interaction expresses itself both through breath and sound. So many times the practices have more with breath and many times with sound. So today, because we are in this series as Ashley mentioned that these 12 moments are going to be on sound from different traditions, we decided to, to do a practice on, on sound. And in a moment, I'll uh, pass the mic, so, for, uh, so to speak, uh, to Geshe-la to talk a little bit about his training 
on at Menry Monastery uh, with sounds and different sound practices. And then I'll explain a little more about this specific uh, practice um, of Aom Hung. So these are the three sounds that we'll work with. And I'll mention a little more uh, when we do the explanation. And then we'll do it together. So part of what we want to do in this series is that we give you a little bit of explanation of where this practice comes from, what is this tradition, and then there'll be an opportunity of practicing together. I know it's different when we are together here. I've been very fortunate to lead many practices in this magnificent space, and when we do it with sounds together, this resonates in a way that we may not experience exactly the same today, but still, it's another way of being together. Finally, I wanted to say that, as Ashley mentioned, this is such a difficult time that we're all living. Um, particularly, we didn't actually plan to do this the day after the elections. It just happens to be the first Wednesday of the month. Um, but it is an incredible time as the anxiety of not knowing what's going on politically or what's going socially. There's been so much uh, difficulties, uncertainties, um, also, of course, through COVID, and that's why we're doing it in this way. And one of the things that we learn in these practices is calming the mind. The mind, when it is in these uncertainties and anxieties, behaves a little bit like a monkey, going from thought to thought and emotion to emotion. So as we do these practices, we hope to calm that monkey mind and come more to the heart, a place both where we can connect more deeply to ourselves but also with each other and others. So with that, Geshela, did you want to talk a little bit about your training in Menri Monastery, particularly um, in the area of practices of sound and so forth? Oh, yeah, sure, thank you. Thank you, Alex. <clears throat> Before I talk about the sound, uh, first of all, I would like to congratulations to, uh, to the Rocco Chapel for the Golden Julie. You have, you have offered 50 years to contemplating to, 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 to all the peoples. Also, the, during, the, during this present uh, of the COVID uh, pandemic times, you are showing what is the possibility. This building has been uh, re uh, reconstructed. Also. 300 trees so, uh, you planted. That is so kind and so beautiful. It's showing to the in, beautiful to the you know, environment and access to the everybody's. That is the this pandemic time you did a lot of things. Also, if you do something in this pandemic time, this door is not closed. You are showing that one. Yeah. Then, especially, I born in, already said, I born in Nepal and I grow up and I study in a Mary monastery in, in northern in India. Then I, I studied there for 15 years, 15 years plus office and other sound and chanting these things. Chanting, and that is the very thing, Tibetan word. Tibetan word, they have the special meaning, special power. They have it. 
to the heal to the people, to heal to the our, yourself too. Especially in it, before the New Year's, Tibetan New Year, we sink and chant this day, all day and all night. We are doing that, singing that. Through the sinking, open door for the meditations. Through the sinking, heal to the people. If you have a, a stress, you have any problem, that through the sinking, you heal that way, doing that. Also, we say, through the speech, there's connect, there's a, some unknown, uh, what is, virtues did. The connect, uh, activities come out from, uh, come from the speech. Example, this is a, we call the hard wash, telling lie. These things come from the speech. When you sing the chanting or the special word, you sing, there are no way to come out of this kind. That was the, that was the speech, speech in sinking. This is a very beneficial for yourself, and you are also beneficial for the other two. Through the sinking, many people, many students, students that this, the, we, we call the three doors, body, speech, mind doors, and through the sinking, your speech door is opening. Speech door is opening. You are saying the virtuous things, you are saying that. You are stopping the non-virtuous things. That way, we sing a lot, we chant a lot. And at the monastery. Some days we sing and chant for the full day and the full day, that day and the day we chanting that way. Also, also example in my, one of my students, she has the chemotherapy. At that time, she's singing the, this, this kind of syllables. Sometimes we see the, this, Alex will explain more detail for, for the, these three syllables. Also, we sing for the mantras. They healed. She don't have a, a, a fright for that when during the chemotherapy. That was the, so much the healing and power through the sound. You will get it. I think. Uh, the short explanation, uh, Alex will explain more things for the Ah Om Hung. Then we will sing what you feel. <laughs> Thank you, Geshe-la. And, um, and now that you mentioned also about during it, uh, during the practice, for example, during uh, a treatment like cancer, uh, we actually researched, uh, this is one of the practices that we researched at MD Anderson for a um, woman with uh, breast cancer that after undergoing chemotherapy, they had what they call chemo brain. And this is the practice actually that we did. And we found that those who did the practice actually improved their short-term memory and um, uh, speed cognitive function. So another uh, benefit as well. Now this practice, as, as Geshe-la was saying, it relates to the three doors of body, speech, and mind. And that's why the three sounds, ah, om, and hung. 
So R, you could think of like A, but just R, just the open R. And it's white, which means crystal clear, full of potentiality, of every possibilities. Om is red, which means that now that R has all these different qualities. And you might see that it has the eye in the center, but has four other things. So it's like all the five qualities. And then Hung is that focused mind that brings those qualities both to yourself and others. Now, there's many ways of using the sound practice. For one, is a way of focusing. So when we're saying sound, whether we're saying all three sounds or even just one, Ah, where our mind is focusing fully there, both on the sound as well as when we stop because our breath stops and then we have to breathe in again and then still maintain it through the silence and then again we say the ah and we continue. So it's a sense of focusing and noticing that when we lose the focus, we can bring it back through the sound. So that's one aspect. The other aspect is that when we say this sound, the three sounds, is a way of connecting, as geshe was saying, to the body, to the speech, to the mind, to really opening the doors of those three aspects of ourselves so we can connect more deeply to that deeper aspect of ourselves, that spiritual aspect of ourselves. And then three, as we were doing in in the practice, um, as, as mentioned in, for the uh, MD Anderson, is that each of these sounds also has a particular quality. So ah, for example, when we say ah, it's like clearing whatever stuff is in our mind. So we can get back to that spaciousness, not spaciness, but spaciousness, that full potential of possibilities. And then when we sing the Om, we get to the source of all positive qualities. So the Om, so the Ah will be here at the forehead. The Om is here at the throat area or chakra, energy center. And when we say Om, it's like connecting to all the potential of all the wonderful qualities. And then come to Hong, to bringing that quality into a specific area of our lives. So for example, if today you want to focus on you know, on something related to COVID in a particular situation uh, or something related to the elections or something related um, to uh, the social injustice. So what all these things, you can, you know, clear your mind first so you have a kind of a clean slate, then connect to the potential of all the qualities and then bring that almost like a laser beam, that blue hung, that blue light into that situation, as geshe was saying, as a healing so um, when we say it, we'll do it in that way. Now, I'm going to start by just guiding briefly into a posture to sit. Then we're going to join as, as Geshe-la starts singing the mantra, the Aum Hung, and, and just join as you would join if you were here. And because we're not hearing everyone, just sing, just Go along and enjoy as if you were almost singing in the shower when no one else is listening. Okay? So, let's take a moment to bring our mind inwards and connect to the breath. And slowly connect to our body. As we're sitting comfortably on a chair or a cushion, 
Keep on breathing, settling mind, breath, and body. Maybe noticing your sits bones on that surface, the feet on the ground. Maybe taking an opportunity to be aware that the earth is sustaining us all, wherever we are. That loving, unconditional support And with that, keep on breathing a little lower towards your abdomen and back through your nose, just to keep mind and breath together and to slowly elicit a little bit the relaxation response, letting go the monkey mind and being more grounded. Maybe bringing a hand or both hands into your abdomen just for a moment, receiving that air. and finding a rhythm that you feel comfortable having the mind, breath, and body. Back straight, shoulders relaxed. If possible, the hands in what we call the equanimity posture, one on top of the other, palms up, elbows out, so we expand the chest and open our heart. As we relax the eyes, whether they're closed or open, relax also your cheeks and maybe even your jaw where we put a lot of tension many times. And particularly now that we're gonna be singing, relax your jaw.
We keep on breathing and the sounds and vibrations dissolve into silence. Rest into that silence. Allowing your mind to settle with the support not only of the external silence, but connecting to your internal silence.
and slowly as we're still connected through the silence to that depth of our connection through the stillness of our body and the silence of our speech connecting to the openness of our heart-mind. You can notice what quality you can tap into. Maybe loving kindness, compassion, joy, peace of mind, equanimity. As you tap into that quality, it ignites like medicine, activating, nourishing your whole heart, nourishing every part of your body, almost like every cell of your body, nourished with that quality, nourishing you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. as it nourishes you, can nourish others. And in our tradition, we always conclude a practice with what we call dedication, which is this prayer that activates this deep intention that we're doing the practice, not just for ourselves, but for all beings without exception. your virtue dawn through the three doors dedicate to the welfare of all sentient beings for the three realms having purified all afflictions and obscurations of the three poisons may we swiftly achieve the complete buddhahood of the three bodies and so as we feel it's like pouring nectar in the ocean so everyone can be nourished, including ourselves. And even if we're not here in body together, one of the ways that I like to just conclude this part is to extend our arms. And we cannot touch each other today uh, because of COVID, but at least even in your screen, as you extend your arms, it's a way of hugging each other in this way so that everyone, I guess you could do it too, 
and extend the arms and everyone here. And as we do that, we are reaching, we're feeling from the heart to the tip of our fingers, feel that energy reaching not only the ones here in the chapel, but everywhere, wherever you are, giving and receiving, nourishing and feeling nourished as we breathe, feeling in this particular times that may our words be like those mantras, like those syllables that reconnect us to our body, speech and mind, so we can connect to each other from that most innermost sacred space. Thank you. And now we'll take a short break of five minutes um, as we uh, uh, get together for the questions and answers with Ashley. And you can uh, type your questions and uh, we'll get them and, and respond. So thank you. Thank you. By very quickly. So I don't, I don't know if that was perhaps the way in which you broke it up or something about having that sound, um, which I felt like I could just swim in for a very long time. Yeah, one of the nice things of the, when you do it in this way, kind of stream mm -hmm. is that yeah it could go forever it's so beautiful and mm -hmm. you kind of get into that and yeah you're right so I have a collection of questions here from you all who have shared them online as well as um, some of our staff here in the space today and the first question said that the stream cut out when the three syllables were being explained um, could you could you repeat those sure sure so there's a, a couple of ways that you can um, recite the Aum Hung. One is just reciting it as a way of, well, you're focusing both on the sound but also on the stream as we're talking. And, and just getting into that is, is a way of, of connecting and, and in a way clearing away all the stuff that is on your mind and dropping more into that aspect of the speech but also of the heart and that connecting. The other part is, as I was saying, that each sound has a particular quality, and so the eye is more of clearing, and that's why white means like crystal clear, kind of clearing the, the stuff of your mind. Om is more a sense of completeness and connection, so that the red is more like that awareness, that connectedness. And then hung is this focused mind that brings that quality like we did at the end, that connecting with one of the qualities, whether usually we talk about the four immeasurables, loving kindness, compassion, joy, peace of mind, or equanimity, and bring that through that home into that particular situation, almost like that healing, as Geshe-la was saying. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I think you kind of answered that question, but why is that order important, the order of the, the syllables? Why does that matter? Because in order to really cultivate that quality, first you need to clear whatever is obstructing. So the ah kind of is helping you clear and connect to that um, space in your mind, in your heart, in your being. Then you connect to the own, which is that source of all the qualities. So you connect to that and then it's like, okay, which of those 
will I tap into and bring with the hong into that situation. So that's why it's ah, om, hong. That's so helpful. Thank you all. So one question that was asked is, what initially drew you towards studying and practicing Buddhist meditation techniques? For? I think for either one of you that want to answer that question. You can go first. Okay. <laughs> so um, for me, um, it actually started... Um, when I was uh, young, very young, I, uh, I had what I would call existential attacks. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, um, I'm going to die, and then what? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so without making it too long, um, I, what came to my lap, I don't remember exactly how, was the book Siddhartha, which recounted the life of Buddha Shakyamuni. And through that, um, it talked about the suffering of birth, old age, sickness, and death. And I got really interested in that and through the years um, was able to connect to uh, not only the philosophy but the meditation that was the tools that helped me calm the mind to connect and slowly release that fear of death and uh, connect to, a, to the kind of as in the Aum Hung, these joyful qualities that we can bring into our everyday life. Mm, thank you. Yeah, that how I connect this one to teaching and a meditation, when I was a small boy, a very small boy, our root teacher, this is, he's living in Nepal in the 95 years old. He came to our village in northern part of the Nepal, then he did seven days the retreat there. I was so much connected to that. Mm -hmm. Then I talked with my father, that I really want to join the monastery life. Then he's, he was very happy that we are Buddhist monks, same tradition. Then he was happy, it's okay, I want to talk with your mom. The mom, the father talked with the mom, mom was angry. Then my family talked with the Yongzhu Rinpoche. Then Yongzhu Rinpoche was very happy. Then just I joined that monastery. I don't know anything. I just wear the monk's robe, just stay there, cup of tea, what they feed or eating. Just enjoy that. So mm -hmm. much enjoy it. I didn't know anything. Just enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I study. Then I went to the monastery to keep study. Then meditation is very helpful to calm in your, your mind. Then how to control your mind, mind. Then so much thought is coming. Then normally because everybody says monkey mind, how to control the monkey mind? Through the meditation we need, we can, you can control the mind. Mm -hmm. the, this is the example. This is the body, speech, mind. How to control the body action. How to control the speech action. How to control the mind action. This is the seed syllable there. Mm -hmm. Through that, you can control that. Thank you. To the actions. <laughs> I think that, that leads to the, the next question really well. You know, that expression, monkey mind, I feel like is so accurate. Yeah. Um, and so many of us can relate with that. Is there something about the seated posture itself that helps with the calming of the mind? And, and can you speak more to that in addition to the chanting and the singing? Yeah, the seated posture. So yeah, each, each part of the posture yeah. Support, did you want to? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah you, you can go ahead. <laughs> so, do I need to show up? 
Well, I think it's just more of just a curiosity about like, what is it about the seated posture that really helps with calming that, that monkey mind? Okay, you can go ahead. Okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so first of all, uh, part of the, what we're trying to do is still our mind, mm -hmm. quiet our mind, uh, open our mind. And so the posture supports that stillness, right? The body supports kind of being in a still posture and trying to find a posture that is both still but comfortable, not stiff, um, but at the same time that the flow of the energy of the breath circulates well. So the back should be straight, if possible. Of course, if you are bedridden or something that you can't, but should be straight, that's important. The legs are crossed, which if, again, if possible, and that supports a sense of um, um, warmth coming in and supports the back being straight. But if you can't do it cross-legged, you could do it on the chair. There's other ways of sitting like we've seen in here as well with the Zen monks and so forth. So there's different ways of sitting, but always trying to have the back straight. We mentioned the hands in equanimity, which is a great posture of both bringing in, but also settling in, but also opening the shoulders. So you can open your heart, and we say this is like an eagle soaring in the sky. So it's not stiff, it's relaxed and open, and so you're relaxing that. And then, of course, relax the tensions in all parts of the body, so you're not stiff again, you're relaxed and open. So um, now, in terms of the, the ways the eyes gaze, there's practices with eyes focusing lower, middle, high, closed, open, and so depends on the different practices. But in terms of the body, that it's one way of thinking of how it supports the stillness of our practice. And it's amazing how contagious that is. I don't know about you, but just like watching Alejandro <laughs> like start to bring attention to the back and the posture automatically, it's, it's hard not to, to follow suit. Okay, yeah, also, our mind is the king, body is the worker. Normally, it's a mind says something, body's doing the action that. When during the meditation, when you do the meditation posture, body is not doing it, not listening to what monkey mind say, mm -hmm. not doing that. Then they help through the meditation, okay, I'm not following what, what you say. Mm. The, body, Us, the body's yeah. leading the mind. Yeah, not listening to the monkey mind, then help help to the meditation. Also, there's a, also we can say, in meditation time we close eye, also slightly open that one. Then we will not see anything. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, we see something beautiful thing. So our mind go after that. Then if you close the eye, that our mind is not going there. Then mind need to follow up the, the eye. Then mind is meditating, more calming down, mm -hmm. like a small child. Small child, if just just, just leave it this way, sometimes they become quiet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I've got a number. Yeah. I've gotten a number of questions. That <laughs> some, are, yeah, some, yeah. <laughs> I've gotten a number of questions that are very connected, but I, I think there's just a lot of curiosity around how, how meditation and these the chanting and the sound, heals our physical 
body? Like, wh mm. what it, is it something specifically in the vibrations, or if you could speak to that? Heal? Healing, that idea of healing our body through yeah. meditation. Yeah, the, this, uh, this special, uh, this word, and then we're chanting the three, oh, three month, uh, syllables. Mm -hmm. This heal to the body, heal to the speech, heal to the mind. This, the, not we're chanting something, there's not meaningful something that. This seed syllable has the, so many meanings, so many powers mm -hmm. they have it. Through that, then we heal that one. Also, we, sometimes we heal through the mantra. Through, through the visualization, then we sing mm, the syllable, then sending energy to the other people too. Then also special patient, they need the healing. Through the thinking, through the visualization, we send energy, they feel it that way. Mm -hmm. So that's Thank one you. way of, of, of thinking of the healing. There's many different ways, and, and, and that is a traditional way that, yeah. that, that we do, and we, we use the mantras in that way. Um, and then um, also, as you were saying, they do have vibration, and they do have what we, what we were looking at also is that it goes into the brain vibrations. And so mm -hmm. through that, it can actually change some aspects of, of, the, of the brain, and that's why when we used it for people with chemo brain, they were able to improve their memory and uh, cognitive, uh, speak cognitive function. So those things can also help as well. Thank you. So we're almost at time, but I have one question I wanna ask as we, uh, to send us all off in terms of how we can bring this practice in our daily lives. So I, I know Alejandro, you always talk about um, what would you, you call it, like the meditation pill or the... The meditation pills? Medi These <laughs> yes. are the meditation pills. <laughs> the meditation pills. Actually, this is from Tenzin Wanda Rinpoche. I'm just repeating it. Yes. But, but I'm thinking about um, the idea of, um, you know, prescribing meditation uh, as, a, as a form of, um, um, you know, ad, as a prescription. And, and for those of us who are beginners or we're just starting out, is there like an ideal amount of time that one should practice every day or an ideal amount of time that, that one should practice every week um, that really is the most beneficial? So um, I think it really depends on the capacity of each one. Uh, what we have just, uh, uh, we're looking at a research that we find that it's not so much the time, but the continuity of being able to do it every day or as much as possible. That is really important. So even if it's a minute a day, two minutes a day, five minutes a day, mm -hmm. that's, you know, try and have that, whatever simple meditation you have or complex meditation. But then also very important is how you bring what you've connected with to the rest of the day. So if you meditate 10 minutes a day, what about the other 23 hours and 50 minutes? You know, how you bring that into the rest of your day and night. Well, thank you all both for being with us here today and for sharing this practice with us. Thank you all for joining us today. And what we'll do is we're going to be uh, posting this offering online. We will send out an email to everyone who registered so you have this. And we'll also provide some information 
uh, on how to contact uh, Dr. Chaul and Geshna Dema if you'd like to learn more, as well as I know you all have many other offerings uh, in the city and online that you can tune into. So thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you, the thank Rockford you. Chapel. Thank you. thank you, everyone. Thank you. thank you for everyone. All the board members, the members, everything who organized this one. So beautiful, yeah. Mm. Especially this in the chapel. This it's beautiful. New light. <laughs> Big change. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thanks.